0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to find out the stories behind the stories. Welcome to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective get ready for some amazing guests along with nick's own expertise and insight behind some of today's top news in sports the where why and how now here's your host nick ferguson
1: That's right, if you are joining us, it is Thursday, as usual, and I am your host, Nick Ferguson, the Secondary Perspective, and my co-host is, of course, Mile High Mario at it's Mile me. High Mario. Yes, it's me, Luigi, <laughs> and Mario. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If you're, if
2: you're Luigi now, then we got to rethink this whole ebony ivory thing, then.
1: Well, well I, I was just trying to play into uh, <laughs> what what was actually going on. Um so, but yeah, man, uh, pasta brothers, Mario games, video games. Speaking of Mario brothers, I have to tell you something real quick. Uh, I don't know about you. I know you have a girlfriend, but I, I, I stopped playing video games with my wife and here's why my wife loves Mario brothers. And several years ago when we were, we were uh, having our first son or she was having our first son, Isaiah, I bought her a Nintendo DS, you know, and she, I bought her the Mario game. Now, she wanted to play games with one another, so I said, well, all right. She, she put me in as a second player, and I don't know if you've ever seen this Nintendo DS. It's a little older, but you get yeah. a split screen of, of, of both players. And, you know, I'm Luigi, and she's Mario, and, of course, you played the game before. The objective is to get the bricks, get the coins, get the flowers, the mushrooms, whatever, Yes. So I'm thinking it's going to be a clean game of playing Mario Brothers. I'm just going to go through, get my coins, jump on some mushrooms, whatever. Next thing I know, you know, I'm trying to get the mushroom to enlarge my character. My wife has already enlarged herself, and she's already already got the, the flower that you can shoot the fireballs. So she, sudden, so
2: she took it from you?
1: No, actually, she enlarged herself, got the flower for the fi- to shoot the fireballs, but then she proceeded to shoot me with the fireballs.
2: And that's messed up, man.
1: Yeah, I know. It's, it's messed up. She, sh- she shot me with the fireballs. So, you know, my character disappeared. I came back to life. I hit the mushroom, and I tried to go get the mushroom to enlarge myself. But what did she do? She shot me again, and she just jumped on my head and took all the coins. I said, you know what? That's it. I'm not going to play this <laughs> game anymore. I- I'm tapped done. out. Yeah, and she said, oh, oh, the big football player, he's just going to quit. Just going to walk out of the room and quit. I said, you know what? Maybe several years ago, you would have goaded me into that. But now, not so much. So, But that's why I don't play Mario Brothers and I don't play video games with my wife at this particular point. So I I just wanted to toss that out. I just felt compelled to kind of get that out there. But we have uh, a lot of things to talk about. We're going to talk about, you know, the NFL and the NFC East. The AFC East, let's just talk about this whole conference a- as a whole. Now, I don't, know, I don't know where you want to start, but since we are dealing with the Mile High City, why don't we start in the AFC West? I let's mean, do last it. Year, last year, Denver pretty much ran through this division and ended up in, in the Super Bowl. Now, of course, we all know what that was like, what happened. I don't want to rehash it because it's a bad memory for both you and I. But True. You know, I, I will say this, when I look at that division as a whole, and I say this before we went into that football season, that I thought Kansas City, and with the fact that they hired Andy Reid, was definitely going to push John Fox, Peyton Manning, and the Denver Broncos, and they did just that. But now looking at this particular season, and, you know, some players have moved on, Chad Bailey's no longer there, Von Miller's coming off injury, they have DeMarcus Ware, T.J. Ward, we know what, what about his issues were a couple of weeks ago about that him being in a shoe model club, that's what I like to call it, in Denver. How do you see this division actually shaking down with the acquisitions that everyone made in this division?
2: Well, here's the thing. If you look at the draft this year, Nick, you could tell all of the AFC West teams, including the Broncos, beefed up on defense. Now, the Broncos did it on defense, and they got the players that they got to either compete with the Seahawks or the 49ers. They're going to play each of those teams during the season, during the preseason. And most likely, if they make it back to the Super Bowl, one of those teams in the Super Bowl. So they're crafting their team to beat them. They got a nice cornerback to add depth to the cornerback. You know, you bring in Talib, Chris Harris will be back. He'll be full strength. I guarantee it by the end, uh, by the beginning of the season. Champ Bailey's gone, but a lot of people consider that addition by subtraction because he's, you know, he's on the wrong side of 30s towards the tail end, the twilight of his career, and he was yes. eating up a lot of dough. Signed T.J. Ward, and then they brought in you know, a, a wide receiver in the second round that got a big, nasty offensive tackle, a big center, a linebacker, and you could tell they're pretty high quality guys, but all of the guys that they drafted are very physical. Even their wide receiver, Latimer, uh, the big uh, draw on him was that he was the best blocking wide receiver in the draft, and that's why they got him. So that shows you he's not afraid to get his hands dirty. He's a physical player. The rest of the AFC West, the Chargers, Raiders, and the Chiefs, all went heavy on defense to try and slow down Peyton Manning and the Broncos. You look at uh, the Chiefs getting D4. You look at the Raiders is getting Khalil Mack, and then uh, the Chargers going after I believe his name was uh, Venet, the corner out of TCU. All of these guys, these first round guys, were tools to try and slow down the AFC West Broncos. And you look at the rest of the draft too. All these teams, they're trying to beat the Broncos. The Broncos are a step ahead. They had the luxury of not really having any needs going into the draft. You know, you could argue maybe linebacker maybe cornerback, but unlike a lot of teams, there was not that one position where it's like they really desperately need to get that position. So they have the luxury of kind of adding on players uh, to plan for the future. So really, there's only one very, very good team in the AFC West that's extremely top heavy, but that's not to say that the Chargers and the Chiefs won't at least compete for another playoff spot like they did last year. The Raiders, even though they've been very busy in the offseason, they had a pretty decent draft, if you ask me, are now saying that they're not going to play Derek Carr, and I think that's a mistake. I think they ran into issues before with having their early draft pick sit after the Jamarcus Russell fiasco. they got to throw Carr into the fire, and it doesn't seem like they're going to do it. Oakland's looking for another you know, sub-500 season, maybe 6-10, and 5-11. Chiefs and Chargers, though, should be right around 500, maybe a little bit higher. The luxury that they have is the Broncos. Broncos, once again, have a very difficult schedule. They're going back to New England. They have to play the Colts. They have to play all the first-place teams. Plus, they're playing that NFC East division. Broncos playing in Seattle. So the only time that these teams will be able to make up ground in the AFC West is that the Broncos falter on the road against these top teams. But honestly, I don't see them competing quite yet with the Broncos in the AFC West until Peyton Manning calls it quits.
1: Well, I'll tell you, when I look at the West as a whole, I mean, of course— I have Denver being there at, at at the end. But, you know, when you look at Dennis Allen, who was defensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos, they made a lot of additions to that Oakland Raiders team. They brought in a lot of older guys uh, that, that you know, in their twilight hour who still have some playing ability, but maybe they can possibly come together. But then you talk about Derek Carr and you talked about, you know, the fact of the quarterback position and whether he would play. I mean, they have a veteran in Matt Sharp. Now, the, the, the knock on Matt Sharp is that, he hasn't really been that, that that guy. I mean, you start to put him in that same category as as a Tony Romo, a guy who's paid, played a lot of games. He's paid a lot of money. But I would say totally Tony
2: Romo over Matt Schaub, like head and right. shoulders above.
1: Really? Well, you see how you would say that because statistically, when you look at, you know, a quarterback – that's put up a lot of yards in the regular season, you have to look at Tony Romo. Now, the only thing Tony Romo has not done was get this Cowboys team into the playoffs, and we'll get get to the NFC East uh, in a moment. But, yeah, once again, you compare Schaub, Romo, both of these two quarterbacks, they've had a little margin of success. They both went to Pro Bowls. They both put up an enormous amount of yards, but it is what they haven't done in the postseason so I give Matt Schaub uh, some, some credit and Dennis Allen and Reggie McKenzie some credit for trying to put those in place. And like you said, if you look at the draft as a whole, every team was trying to build on defense because usually it's a copycat league. Whatever one team does during the regular season and they have success, everyone else comes out and starts to duplicate. I mean, we saw, what, maybe four safeties go off the board, and that's unheard of. So everyone's trying yeah. to use that same blueprint – that Seattle use and hope that that they can turn things around with their prospective teams. But to me, uh, in order to get to the Super Bowl, you have to win your division. By far, uh, Denver Broncos, no matter or despite what San Diego, Oakland, or Kansas City has done in the offseason, I still give them, and that being the Denver Broncos and John Fox, I still give them the edge because having uh, Emmanuel there who can stretch the field, he's not a big guy. We talked about it a lot on the show, but he can stretch the field. His quickness can be used, and that's going to allow for those underneath routes for West Welker. Now, the only thing I didn't really see Broncos do that I I wanted them to do is take a running back in the draft. But there's a kid out of, I believe, uh, Colorado State.
2: CSU? Uh, That's right, local uh, kid.
1: Yes, Capri uh, Bibbs. I mean, I don't know if anyone had a chance to watch this kid play, and you probably didn't because Colorado State didn't receive a lot of national televised games. But, I mean, he's built like Ray Rice, and he runs exactly like Ray Rice. Kind of, you know, lower body, thick lower body. Hopefully he, he doesn't have the
2: field issues of Ray Rice.
1: Well, ho- hopefully, especially <laughs> for the Denver Broncos, knowing as though what T.J. Ward just went through himself. Yeah, let not get that. he doesn't into that. have those okay. issues. But to me, even though this kid wasn't drafted, to have him on the roster, he's going to be happy to be there. He's going to do everything you ask him to do. I mean, he's got soft hands. To me, he runs well behind his pads, and then that's going to push C.J. Anderson and Monty Ball, especially right. Monty, to be that much better. Because I can tell you what, knowing John Fox and John Elway, they don't care when a kid was drafted. If he's productive, they're going to put him in the mix. And Peyton Manning all he wants is a guy that can get him three point five yards to carry that and who can kick and safety out of the block and who can block. So, to me, I think uh, the Broncos win a division now. Moving on to the AFC South, this is a very unique division because in this division, you have two new head coaches, uh, both with prior experience as offensive coordinators, uh, Tennessee Titans head coach, Kim Hunt, and you have Bill O'Brien with the Houston Texans. Now, when I look at this division as a whole, I, I give the nod to the Indianapolis Colts and Chuck Pagano. Anytime you have a quarterback like, Andrew Luck, and you talk about his pedigree, he spent time several years in uh, Peyton Manning's quarterback camp. We saw what he did in the second half of the playoff game against the Kansas City Chiefs rallying his team. So that, to me, when I look yeah, when I look at this division, there's no way I don't think that Indianapolis Colts can win this division, follow possibly, and i give this a, a slight possibly, if Kevin Wisenhunt can bring Jake Locker along, if he can bring him along, they finish second and maybe get that wild card spot. What about you?
2: Well, here's the thing. I, I obviously like the Colts as well. You don't bet against a quarterback like Andrew Luck, especially in, you know, an overall weak division like that. I, I'm i okay with what they did in the offseason. I really thought the Colts would go more heavy at running back. But maybe they're hoping that, you know, Ahmad Bradshaw, that injury will come back. But, you know, losing Donald Brown was was bad. And then you can't really rely on a Trent Richardson, you know, after seeing what he did last year, the surprise team. And I've been saying this for a while, Nick, that I'm actually going to say right here, they will not win the division. I'm going to say they are a wild card team, especially if they extend the playoffs, which they very well, very well might the Jacksonville Jaguars. And here's why I love them. They listen, man, they have done a fantastic job adding the pieces that they needed. They picked off some of the big D tackles, the D linemen, uh, Red Bryant, and Chris Clements from the Seattle Seahawks. They took Denver guard Zane Beatles from them, gave him a big old contract, big Zane Beatles fan, uh, pro bowl guard. They have Ace Sanders coming back. They have Denard Robinson, who's a playmaker. They got a steal in Marquise Lee, in my opinion. It all depends, though, on Blake Bortles. Now, here's the thing that I like that they're doing that not a lot of people agree with. They're saying that Bortles is going to sit and he's not going to play. The reason I love that and so many people hate it is because that's motivation and you're taking pressure off of Bortles. You get drafted third overall, and You're expected to save a franchise, save this city. So no pressure. We have a pretty good foundation. You're going to learn behind Chad Henney, who's, you know, a pretty seasoned vet. And then the next year, that's when we're really going to go all in with you, uh, cards on the table. And so Bortles is thinking one of two things, and, and maybe both. A, okay, well, you know, I can, I can take my time. I can develop. There's no pressure on me, even though I was the first quarterback pick and then the number three overall pick. That's a nice little luxury to have. And B, what are you talking about? I'm the third overall pick. I need to be able to play. These fools better watch what they say. You know what? Screw them. Screw everybody. I'm leading this team to a playoff berth the first time in like seven years. I'm a, Blake, I'm a big Blake Vortles fan because he's a Florida boy. So Jacksonville is my dark horse team. They're not going to win the division, but they really are going to compete, and they're at least going to finish second in you know a very mediocre AFC South.
1: Well, I can say what well, you're very optimistic about about Gus Bradley and his Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't think uh they will be there at the end, yeah, they will be competitive because you're in the NFL you get paid to your profession, you will go out and compete every Sunday. But to me, you don't have a Maurice Jones drew then you you're really kind of up in the air. At the quarterback position, you got Blake Bortles, you have Chad Henning, who I think is a good quarterback. But when you talk about
2: Hey, you got got Toddman and Toby Gerhardt. It's all about a one-two punch. Unless you have Jamal Charles, Adrian Peterson, or LaShawn McCoy, you need two running backs. Each of those guys serves their own purpose. And if they use them correctly, they can be very good together.
1: I I don't know. After after the break, we'll talk about uh, the Jackson Jaguars a little more in-depth. I'm not on board as much as Mario is on board. You are listening to Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective, here on Voice America Sports. Come back.
3: Sports and medicine go hand-in-hand. Hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise
4: you a real sports fan That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.
0: You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call one 346 9144 That's one 346 9144 Or send an email to nickferkshow at gmail.com.
1: Now, back to the show. Before we went to the break, Mario and I was discussing the Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, their status in, as far as uh, the AFC East is concerned, or excuse me, AFC South is, is concerned. Uh, once again, I'm not a firm believer in this team. No Maurice Jones drew. And I think even though you have a veteran in Toby Gerhardt and Jordan Todman, I don't think that they are the same type of backs that give Jacksonville the same thing that Maurice Jones-Drew would definitely have given them. So I see this this team, you know, finishing maybe fourth in the division. And Ooh. you know, hey, you know, hey, yeah, fourth. I mean, that's me being nice. This is not a fifth position because there's only four oh. teams in the division. If, if it was a fifth position, I'd put them fifth, but I can't. So I got to give them fourth. So that's the Jacksonville Jaguars in the AFC South now. Moving on to what I would deem to call the black and blue division of the AFC, and that would be the AFC North. Of course, you can't talk about the AFC North without talking about Ben Roethlisberger. But now, this Cleveland decided they're going to replace that name possibly with another guy named Johnny Manziel. Could Never Johnny heard of him. Manziel? Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of people wish they haven't heard of him, but but you look at Johnny Manziel. And for me, I just thought during the draft, he, had, he was begging, you know, it was he got into the begging mode of trying to get the Browns to draft him because he wanted to avoid that dreaded time and that camera in his face like so many of the quarterbacks had to enjoy, like, you know, Aaron Rodgers had to enjoy himself. But Cleveland picked him. Hopefully, maybe, who knows, if Kyle Shanahan can bring him along and cater to offense to fit him. Josh Gordon is not going to be there. So now you <laughs> wonder, how effective is he going to be? Because I can tell you right now, there's a guy in Pittsburgh who played the game, who coached the game. He's been to the Super Bowl, named Dick LeBeau. He's going to figure out how to stop this kid, whether that's putting Troy Polamalu in the, in the box and saying, you follow him at every inch he moves on the field. And we've known from the, from the OTAs that, Johnny is still trying to come along. He's trying to understand the the NFL game. It's not one of these things where I can run around and just throw the ball up in the air to to Mike Evans. You don't have that anymore because, you know, when you look at Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati, they're great on offense, with the exception of Cincinnati, when you talk about Andy Dalton, you don't know what you're going to get with him, but he's been to the playoffs he is slowly turning into another Tony Romo effect. But when I look at this team, it's all about defense. It's all about can you run the ball? And we talked about it, right. you know, at length on this show. So many teams are talking about the passing game that they're diminishing the run game. So to me, I, I still give Baltimore an opportunity. I know we, we talked we talked about them last week and the players that got in trouble, but but I still like Bernard Pierce, and Ray Rice, because you have to be able to lean on your run game and be able to play great defense. So I, I give this division, coming down to the end, between Pittsburgh and Baltimore, when I think Baltimore is going to win this division, and Pittsburgh will find themselves in a wild-card weekend. How about you?
2: You know, and, and as long as we're talking about Manziel, and we've talked about it on this show a lot You know, we asked each other and you asked me, what is going to make Johnny Menzel thrive in this league? And is he going to be good or not? It's the question on everybody's mind. What we had said is it depends on the situation. And I said outright, if he goes to a place like Cleveland or Oakland, he will not succeed. Take a real quick look at some of the teams that had a chance at him. I think he could have succeeded in. If Houston had taken him overall, and that would have been a huge stretch. But if he ended up with Houston, he could have been successful there with it. Arian Foster, a decent offensive line, Andre Johnson, even though he's holding out, if they had gone after him, I doubt Andre Johnson would be reluctant to report for, for camp because this means they're doing everything they can to try and help him out. So he would have uh, been successful in Houston, could have been successful in Minnesota, you know, Cordero Patterson, one of the young and upcoming stars at wide receiver. Obviously, you got Adrian Peterson, decent offensive line. And then you look at a team like the Dallas Cowboys, who, you know, if they had taken Johnny Manziel, Twitter would have broken. Twitter almost broke just during their pick when he was still there. Obviously, opted to go in a different direction, which honestly I disagree with. You got the Murray, who I'm going to say is a top ten running back, top five, Nick, if he's healthy. Then, of course, you got Des Bryant. Now, not a whole lot of depth at the wide receiver position, so you'd like a little bit more. But Dez, I dare to say, is a top five, maybe a top three receiver in this league. You throw Johnny Manziel in there, he's a lot like Tony Romo. You know, he's exciting, he has escapability uh, potential, but he doesn't get the job done just like Tony Romo. So, yeah, I, I see him having a very hard time in Cleveland with no sense of a run game. A good offensive line, but now no wide receiver to throw to. And it's not yeah. so much the division. It's the black and blue division, yeah, Nick, it is. But I love what the Bengals have done. They've shown that they can win in the regular season. They did not lose at home during the regular season last year until the playoffs, when they got embarrassed by the San Diego Chargers. It's all, Andy, it's all on Andy Dalton. Every single piece is there. It's, I mean, they even got, uh, I think his name is Jeremy Hill out of LSU, a big old bowling ball running back. So it's him wow. and it's going to be Giovanni Bernard. I love what they did in the offseason. They're moving it forward. They're trying to structure themselves to win the playoffs. And this year, they're going to win the division again, and they'll win at least one playoff game. Andy Dalton gets the monkey off his back. But in that division, it's Broncos-Patriots all the way. So they'll get there, and they'll win the division. Ravens, as you were saying, I wish I could agree with you. Actually, no, I don't, Nick. I'm glad I can disagree with you because that team is full of criminals. <laughs> they're going to miss the playoffs again, and they're going to go 8-8 eight eight just like the Steelers.
1: Wow. I mean, I, I didn't know that we were going into uh, real talk, but, I mean, you kind of took it there with uh, the dysfunctional family uh, phrase for the Baltimore Ravens. I still think when you look at Cincinnati uh, but more importantly, when you look at Baltimore you have to, there's a couple of things you have to do if you want to win a championship, let alone win your division. You have to be able to run the ball and they have two capable running backs. Now the thing is, is can they keep them on the field due to the off the field issues? That's yet to be seen right. but if they're able to, that gives them a one-two punch and we always know got Elvis Dumervil on one side and Terrell Suggs on the other, nada clogging up the middle, you know, and Daryl Smith at the middle linebacker position. They're going to be there at the end. And all Flagpole has to do is not turn the ball over. And now you got to keep this in, in consideration. They have a new offensive coordinator and uh, Gary Kubiak, and they add, you know, uh, Steve Smith. Then have uh, 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 the tight end from from the Texans. Uh, they get uh, uh, Owen Daniels, they add Owen Daniels uh, to go with Dennis Spitter, So they're going to be able to stretch this, but they're going to be able to spread you out. They're going to create running lanes, and that is another reason I think Baltimore could win a division and Pittsburgh will be playing for that wild-card game on wild-card weekend. Hopefully, once again, they don't expand the playoffs. We don't need that. Who, who wants no. a, a decrepit Cowboys team or a jackson Jaguars team <laughs> you know, squeaking it I the do. I don't want that. I know. Yeah, I, know. I don't I know. need
2: the, the playoffs anyway.
1: The only reason you want them in there, because you're hoping that that'll prove you right. You like Jerry Jones, yeah. you know, you, you hope right. this happens. So, so, so you can get a, a team that shouldn't be there in there. But moving on to the AFC East, of course, you gotta love this division, the Hoods, the Palpatine, call it whatever you want. And you call it spy game whatever, If you ask Troy Brown, Spygate never happened. But I never bet against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, especially in this division. When you look at this division and break it down as a whole, Rex Ryan's job was, you know, up in the air. He didn't know what was going to happen. You have Geno Smith coming into his second year. And now Marty uh, Morningwood brings over a new face that is similar, that he understands, right? So there's some familiarity there with Michael Vick. Man, the ever-explosive Chris Johnson, which should help take pressure off either quarterback, but I still don't think that they would have enough to overtake the Patriots. You look, they got Brown on one, at one corner, then they had Darrell Revis at the other corner. Yeah, you worry about the pass rush. Where are you going with the ball? You better dump it off and give it to Chris Johnson. Once again, with that said, the Patriots are still the number one team. So let's walk down from there. Now, Doug Marrone in his second year with the Buffalo Bills and EJ Manuel, you know they lose a couple of people. They lose Jarvis Bird, but I still think this is a team that you can that I would consider a contender. You know maybe maybe second in the division. You had the explosive Sammy Watkins, who definitely is going to stretch the field. And then you know you you look at CJ Spiller in the backfield. You had those two explosive players, and EJ Manuel is a very mobile quarterback. That's going to give Doug Marone something, something to work with during the season. So uh, the way I have it listed, I got New England number one because they're going to find a way to win. They always
2: find always a way do. to
1: win no matter, no matter what the season starts off. They can just start off 0-4, but they always run the table in the back. end. So New England finishes first in that division. Then it's the Buffalo Bills. Then I have the New York Jets and rounding at the bottom, of course, my hometown, the Miami Dolphins. So I'll mm-hmm. you you take on Hey, I'm
2: sorry. All right, here's the thing, man. I agree with you 100% with the New England Patriots. They're going to find a way to win. That's all that needs to be said on that. Now, on my show that I do on Mile High Sports Radio here in Denver every Saturday, noon to 2, there you go, little plug. If you want to listen to them, go to soundcloud.com slash level up show. Anyway, anyway, what I said on there, and we do a little real talk segment called Level Up, I said that the Buffalo Bills, especially after getting trading Stevie Johnson, need to be aware of Sammy Watkins being a bust. And here's why I said it, Nick. Not because I don't like Sammy Watkins. Listen, not because I don't like Sammy Watkins as a threat and as a receiver. I do. But now there's no one solid enough, in my opinion, to take attention away from him. You're going to double Sammy Watkins. They're going to play half their games in freezing cold Buffalo where I know players don't want to play, especially wide receivers. You got EJ Manuel, who I'm not sold on, couldn't even make it through his rookie season without getting hurt. And you got C.J. Spiller, who you mentioned, who, yeah, Nick, if he's 100%, he is fantastic. He's one of the best running backs in the league. But why do you think Fred Jackson is still relevant? Because C.J. Spiller can't stay healthy because he's too brittle. He's too fragile. I like this Bill's defense, but it's not enough to 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 finish towards the top of that division. At the beginning of last year, I said my dark horse team, remember, I already told you about the Jaguars. Last year, I told you my dark horse team was the Miami Dolphins, and if it wasn't for a monumental choke job and a whole bunch of not unnecessary drama, Dolphins would have made the playoffs. So, but I like what they did. They bring in no Sean Reno. They have a decent little stable of wide receivers. I'm a big fan of Ryan Tannehill, and they have a very solid defense. They didn't do a lot in the offseason to convince me otherwise, but I like the Dolphins to get that other uh, wild card spot. I know you picked and finished fourth, Nick. There was a lot of drama they had to deal with last year. All of that is gone. It's cleared up. Tannehill's really going to hit his stride. They're going to be the other wild card team, And then I see the Jets. Oh, real quick about the Jets, Nick. Everybody's talking, who should start? Should it be Geno Smith? Should it be Michael Vick? Neither. Your starting quarterback for the New York Jets, Taj Boyd. Ooh, they got Mike Vick. Ooh, they got Chris Johnson. Like I said, man, that team would have been fantastic to play with in Madden in 2009. I'm not sold on the Jets. And Neither should you. Fourth place again.
1: Well, I, I tell you what, I mean, real quickly, when you look at the Buffalo Bills receivers, they got you know, Mike Williams from Tampa Bay, Robert Woods from USC, and Marquise. All Goodwin. mediocre. So, well, listen. All I know, those great wide receivers. Some are possession wide receivers. Some can take the top off the defense. But I know it's going to spread them out. It's going to cause problems for other defenses, especially in that division. But we will see what happens. I still got the Miami Dolphins rounding at the bottom of the AFC East. And quickly before we go to break, let's get into a little bit of the NFC East. Your favorite division, okay? Uh, last year, Chip Kelly block, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Won that division. Now, they, they made some upgrades, and somehow, I don't know why New Orleans did it, but they gave up Darren Sproles for a fifth-round draft choice, which he's definitely going to go well and compliment Shady McCord. Nick Foles is now coming back with no one really to look over his shoulder at. I mean, yeah, you have Matt Barkley, and you have the low Mark Sanchez. None of those oh, guys are a threat. None of those guys are a threat to Nick Foles, but when you look at that division as a whole – you know they lose the Sean Jackson to the rival Washington Redskins, which I think is going to come back to bite them in the butt. You have Eli Manuel, I mean, excuse me, Eli Manning coming off of ankle surgery, so you got to mm-hmm. figure out how that's going to factor in. Sean Lee is out for the Dallas Cowboys for the entire season. GM slash head coach Jerry Jones did not get an adequate backup, so when you look at that and you look at the fact that this was the worst defense, that being the Dallas Cowboys last season. I don't see him getting any better. That's not going to help Tony Romo. And we already talked about the Tony player. Romo. Yeah, we already talked about the Tony Romo effect. So I, I Dallas is going to struggle. The Giants might round out the bottom. But I see this division still coming down between Philly and Washington. So, I, so I'm looking forward to that.
2: Man, I, I agree with you completely, and we're up against the break. So I'll you know, talk real quick here, and then we'll continue on the other side of the break. I love what the Redskins have done, but honestly, I'm not a believer in RG3 because he doesn't know how to protect himself. I think he went all out during his rookie year. He had that sophomore slump, but everything that he's been through and everything he's put up with and the fact that they rushed him back from injury when they had Kirk Cousins on the bench, not that Cousins is a godsend, but he was better than an injured RG3. They got him all these weapons. RG3 has no excuses now, and that's a lot of pressure for a third-year quarterback. It's do-or-die time, and if he doesn't get it done, he's done. He's done. I love Philly to win this division. Like you said, the Cowboys did more damage to themselves than they did good. They're going to be even worse off, and I'm not a believer in the Giants as well, even though every other year seems to be the Giants' year to dominate. I'm not. They're going to break that streak right now. Philadelphia is going to be the first team in like a decade to win that division back-to-back years, and I absolutely love what they're doing. Chip Kelly is a mastermind. Watch him hit his stride. Eagles are going to win the division once again.
1: Coming back after the break, we break down the remaining teams in the NFC East and then tell you who are our two teams in the divisions who we foresee playing in the Super Bowl in Arizona. So this is Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective. We'll be back right after this break.
3: Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys trainers agents and handicappers in the world of horse racing this show is the perfect complement to the winning ponies handicapping website listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in winning ponies with john Engelhart is live thursdays at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific on the voice america sports network It's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here. The sports girls take over the Voice America Sports Channel every Monday for The Inside Score. Beth Silverberg, Chin Chin Ong, and Stacey DeBerry are here to showcase the athletes, the coaches, and the foundations that change lives. In addition, we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week. You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel.
0: Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call one 346 9144 That's one 346 9144 Or send an email to nickferkshow at gmail.com. Now, back to
1: the show. All right, let's go ahead and continue breaking down the remaining teams in the NFL. We are in the NFC right now. Last, before we went to the break, we were talking about the Dallas Cowboys and NFC East and how the Cowboys are going to find themselves out yet again. I don't know what Jerry Jones is going to do. I was going to uh, tell the competition committee, extend it by 14, so maybe my Cowboys are get in yet again. Oh,
4: <laughs> Cowboys? Jerry
1: Jones. said, what about those Cowboys? I don't know anything. So who knows <laughs> anything about those Cowboys? Who knows? Anyway, I-, I wanted to jump into the North, but I'm going to save that because, to me, that's a very special, intriguing division. I'm going to Agreed. jump over to the, the NFC West, okay? Of course, everyone talked about Seattle Seahawks what they did last year, and the fact of you know signing Doug Baldwin back. You know, you have Russell Wilson, you still you have Skittles, you have all these guys coming back. You have Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas signing huge deals this past uh, off season, so we have to keep a look and an eye on them to see how well they're going to earn that money. But when you look at this division, you got Seattle, you have 49ers, you have Arizona, you have the Rams. Now, I believe Bruce Arians and Arizona came on last year a little. I think they're going to try to turn a corner. I gave them about two extra wins than they had last year. Uh, the Rams, when you look at what Jeff Fisher was trying to do, he was trying to get better on offense, but more importantly, he was trying to add more depth and speed and the physical part of the game on defense. So I, I think they're going to be up there. Now, it's going to be a fight, to be totally honest, because we don't know where, if we're going to get a healthy Sam Bradford because he hasn't really been healthy for a 16-game season. So, you know, the Rams' success is going to depend on whether he can actually stay healthy. But always you have to look at these two teams, San Francisco and Seattle, balling in the, the division, Colin Kaepernick has had his troubles in the offseason, you know, his ongoing investigation about what took place in Miami, But to me, it is hard for a team to go back-to-back in Super Bowl appearances. So with that being said, I think Seattle will be there, but I think we're going to see another team emerge in the NFC West, and that team could be the 49ers, followed by Arizona, then the Seattle Seahawks. I don't know about you. Yeah, I I know it's tough. I know it's crazy, but, but I'm saying that because Seattle is a very talented team. They run the ball, they play defense, and they have an excellent quarterback in Russell Wilson. Just kind of going on the idea that it is hard for a team to repeat. You know, you're not going to have a season like you had last year. I don't think it's going to happen. I could be wrong. And if I am, I will come on the show and I will say, you know what? I was wrong. But you tell me what your (laughs) thoughts are. Send me your thoughts.
2: Hey, saying that Seattle's going to finish third in that division is uh, is saying a lot, especially what they did at home last year. But you know what? I don't think you're completely crazy saying it. I agree that the Niners are going to win the division. Uh, they have, in my opinion, the third best receiving core in the NFL. Kaepernick, you know, again, we're talking about the sophomore slump. He still did well as a sophomore, honestly. You know, his first, com- his first complete season as a starter uh, and now that, running back stable, Nick, I absolutely love it. Uh, you, you're looking at, well, Michael James, who's kind of a do or die guy. They brought in, uh, Carlos Hyde, they drafted, who I'm a huge fan of. Uh, Marcus Lattimore, of course, has, you know, that was very low risk, high reward pick. And you look at their receivers, you know, well, Vernon Davis, Michael Crabtree, Anquan Bolden, now Stevie Johnson. There's again, there's no reason, there's no more excuses. Just like RG three, no more excuses for Colin Kaepernick. It's do or die time for him right now. I think he's finally going to win the division, and they're going to bump Seattle finally to make it to the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, and, we, and we'll discuss who they're playing after this. But you know, and I love this Arizona team. The only thing that hangs me up about them is their quarterback Carson Palmer. I love yeah. that picking Logan Thomas. He's not ready to start yet. But next year is going to be Arizona's year. And the reason I say that, Nick, teams that host the Super Bowl rarely do well enough to get, to get there. So because exactly. the Super Bowl is in Arizona, I don't see them doing it. It's some sort of, like, curse. That's why I never want Denver to host the Super Bowl. Everybody <laughs> here gets up in arms saying, New York hosted it. We need to host the Super Bowl. No, because a team never plays in their house for the Super Bowl. So I have the Seahawks finishing second. They're going to get a wild card. And, again, this isn't an indictment on the Rams. If the Rams were in just about any other division, I could see them making a playoff push, but not in this one. They're not quite good enough. They're going to finish in the basement.
1: All right, moving on to the NFC South, a very interesting division always seems to be that way. Anytime you have uh, Drew Brees in the division, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, and – now you're talking about Lovey Smith now coming back to football after being out for a year, taking over this Tampa Bay team. They picked up some pieces in the draft, and all I've been hearing about is their defense and how better their defense is going to be this year with Lovey Smith at the helm. We still have to wait to see how that's going to shape out, but I know Sean Payton and Drew Brees are always there in the mix, but I, always, I question that move once again. I go back to that. How do you give up Darren Sproles? You know, arguably, your best back out of backfield, especially in the, in the friend to Drew Brees, how do you give him up to the Philadelphia Eagles? I think that's going to hurt. Well, now, can I, can I answer
2: that real quick, Nick? Yeah, since go you're right asking, ahead. He, and, and I thought it was crazy as well. And I, that was a guy that I really wanted the Broncos to go after. They needed a running mm-hmm. back, change of pace back, plus a return guy. Here's the knock on Darren Sproles. And, and you played in the NFL, Nick, so you know what happens to a running back after 30 years old, they start to decline drastically. Now, what makes sprawls great is his quickness, his ability to hit the hole, his shiftiness. He's never going to run you over. He's never going to muscle you over. So, when you start to talk about a guy who only relies on speed in his decline on the wrong side of 30, I thought a fifth round, it made sense looking at it high. I could be wrong. If you find the right place for him, which was Philadelphia, by the way, he could succeed Right, Chip Kelly's going to have stuff for him, but he's not going to have a lot of longevity there. He might have one more decent year in him, catching passes out of the backfield. But after that, you've got to think that Darren Sproles is just about done, in my opinion. So the Saints not that, losing Marley. too I much disagree. with him.
1: I, 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 I really disagree with you because when you look at the type of back that Darren Sproles is, you go back to San Diego. He one of those in-between-the-tackle guys. You got him out on the edge. You mashed him up with the linebackers. You put the ball in his hands. And you let him make moves the same way that he's been used by Sean Payton in New Orleans. You know, get him out on screen passes, flare routes, Will routes like that. To me, that's how you use his attributes as a player. He hasn't really taken those those blunt shots that you were talking about because that's the misnomer here when you talk about NFL running backs or NFL players as a whole. Once a guy reaches thirty, the idea is that he is done. I think each guy is different. You know, you look at. The guy's pedigree, how well he takes care of his body. But talking about Darren Sproles here, he's not a big-body guy. And because he's not a big-body guy, they know that in every team, they don't put him in situations where he's going to have to take a heavy pounding. So I think the fact that you're giving one of your best weapons away to, to someone, not within your division, but within your conference. To me, that doesn't make sense. I would have shipped him out to somewhere else, put him in the AFC, but that's that's going to be something that comes back to bite the New Orleans Saints, just like the Deshaun Jackson going over to Washington is going to bite Philadelphia Eagles. So, for me, I disagree with that. I still think when I look at this division, it, it is a toss-up for me because you never know what's going to happen with you know, the Atlanta Falcons and Matt Ryan, but I think the game-changer for them is the addition of Devin Hester who is you know a disaster waiting to happen for a special teams unit. So I think He's going to turn around for the Falcons. The Falcons win that division, followed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, then New Orleans, and then the Carolina Panthers, who have this kind of oh. dismantled their team from a first the worst standpoint. Okay. I
2: I'm, I'm saying, like, you're saying they're going first to worst here.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I mean when you look at the fact that they have a great defense. So you have to be able to, at the end of the morning, So you have to be able to run the ball. So when you talk about a dynamic quarterback in Cam Newton, you have to give him weapons. Yeah, you say, well, Steve Smith was older. He was a problem for the team. But, you know, who are you going to throw for? Throw to? You no know, Dominic Hickson? No, you're Ryan, right. Perry, who's now Plus with the New England yeah, so Yeah, so, so where's the offense going to come? So that means now they're going to put a 9 men in the box to stop the running game. And then when Cam tries to move around, who is he throwing it to? So the defense is yep. going to have to win games. So the whole saying that defense wins championships, their defense, they're going to have to at least score or make seven points a game or count for seven to 12 points a game or shut people out. So that's why I say they're going to go from worst to first. That's just me. Like I said, hey, hey, I'm just talking I, I'm,
2: not, I'm not disagreeing. Did. The way I see that division, I love the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well. Their defense is out of control. Like, are you kidding me? These are all all-stars. These are all Pro Bowl players, man. Altron Burner, Mark Barron, Sean Golson, even Jonathan Banks, Gerald McCoy, was all broke. Levante David, I absolutely love. This is a very solid defense. The only problem I have on offense, this is starting to nitpick, uh, Mr. Ferguson, is the quarterback I don't love. Josh McCown, I thought, was uh, more of a product of Brandon Marshall and out on Jeffrey Ketchum passes in Chicago last year. A little bit of an anomaly. I can see he and Mike Glennon kind of going back and forth. I like Glennon's upside a lot more than McCown's, but the Mike Evans pick spot on. Vincent Jackson on the other side is huge. Uh, but The and big knock on him for me is their limited depth at wide receiver. And maybe you don't need it because you have a Mike Evans, a Vincent Jackson, Austin Severian Jenkins who I'm also a big fan of, a lot of huge targets. And the other thing that's kind of holding me back on him, Doug Martin's health. You don't know whether he's going to be back or not, and we've said it several times during the show, or at least I have, that sophomore slump creeped up on him. How is he going to respond to have, you know, being the third or second overall fantasy running back taken last year, Nick, to doing almost absolutely nothing? Is he going to recover, or is he going to get down on himself and bring the team with him? I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a great team. They're right there on the cusp. And if their defense can save them, kind of like it brought them to the Super Bowl in 2005, then this is a very difficult team to beat. However, the New Orleans Saints, in my opinion, are like the New England Patriots of the NFC. Did they cheat a little bit? Yeah, but they got punished for it. They always find a way to win. They find a way to get into the playoffs. They find a way to make some noise. Last year, almost everybody had the, the Eagles beating them in the first round of the playoffs. They went into Philly. They beat them down. And let's not forget, they played the Seahawks very, very tough in that game, a game they weren't even supposed to be in throughout. So I love the fans to win the division again. And, and adding Brandon Cooks, Nick, I absolutely love. I liked what I started to see from Mark Ingram t- towards the end. And I love that little running back, uh, Kyrie Robinson, I think his name is, um, has a little change in face back. So, again, Drew Brees, hard guy to bet against. So I have the Saints winning that division.
1: Well, I, I tell you what, I, I don't. Uh, and we're not going to agree, and it wouldn't be a great show if we agreed on on everything. But I still like the fact of uh, Lovie Smith looking at what – he had when he was a head coach of the Chicago Bears, trying to bring defense over the ability to run the ball, and then adding Mike Evans to mix to go with Vincent Jackson, hoping that would give Doug Martin some space, and you don't have to really beat him down. And hopefully, you know Mike James from the University of Miami, you, uh, hopefully he can start, you know, turning the corner, and we can see his maturation process. Because if that can happen, now he can spare Doug Martin and take some of those, the bulk of the carries away from him. And who knows? Right, Anything can happen, but, you know, defense still runs, wins championships. You have to be able to run the ball. That's still a philosophy Games Now, quickly, let's jump into uh, the, NFC, the NFC North. This division I give to the Green Bay Packers right off the jump because guess what? They have that guy, that's right, Aaron Rodgers, that bad man he is. As Stephen a bad a, man. Call him, the bad man. He is a bad and you look at this division, uh, you have Jim Carwell who's now taking over in Detroit. Detroit has had their issues. Uh, you know, Megatron, this offseason, two surgeries, one for his finger, one for his knees. So we got to look at that to see how he's going to uh, turn around this year. But look at the Chicago Bears, and, and you got Jay Cutler, and he, he has a slew of weapons. When you're back up and, and Josh McCown can come in and surpass you to, uh, statistically, uh, more so than you, you have been being a starter with your guy. That says a lot about you as as a quarterback, but he has weapons. He has weapons around him. Hopefully he utilized those weapons. I think not having Devin Hassler to flip the field for them is going to hurt them, but they pick up two good pass rushers. Uh, they, you know, uh, uh, Lamar Houston, I believe, is, is, and, you know, this is going to help them. Being able to get that pressure off the edge and Rao abuse um, these quarterbacks in that division and try to get that ball out a little early, that's going to help them. That's going to make it for the deficiencies that they had in their secondaries. Where I mean, I don't know if you had a chance to watch last year where they were horrendous, but I got Green Bay winning this division, followed by closely by Chicago yet again, then Detroit, then Minnesota, and their new head coach, Mike Zimmer, uh, rounding out the bottom. So you tell me what you have.
2: You know what? I'm going to give my dark horse team in the NFC just like I did in the AFC, Nick, and it's the Minnesota Vikings. Now, I'll admit, I thought they were going to be, you know, put make a strong push for the playoffs last year, and as weak as that division ended up being record-wise, the Vikings had a chance to win it, but I... Just gave too much credit to Christian Ponder. I saw what he had done at the end of the previous season where he got the Vikes into that wild card spot. So I thought, all right, here he comes. He's finally going to figure it out. He's going to live up to his first-round pick and then completely lays an egg. You know, when you're losing playtime to Matt Castle, Nick, and Josh Freeman, who (laughs) hadn't played at all, then you know you have a problem. They went out and they got their guy, Teddy Bridgewater, who, as I've told you, was my top-ranked quarterback All along. Now, stuff happens towards the end of the season. You know, people start to get down on him. Bortles came on strong at the end. Johnny Manziel is Johnny Manziel. But I think this is a great fit for a Minnesota team. You still have the best running back in football in Adrian Peterson. And like I said, one of these up-and-coming kids in Corderell Patterson, who I love very much. Their defense still has some holes, but it's going to be better. However, are they going to win this division, Nick? No, we're not going to give them that much credit, just like I didn't give the Jags that much credit. It's going to be the Green Bay Packers barring some sort of injury again to Aaron Rodgers. This is far and above the best team in that division, maybe in the NFC. And, in fact, they are going to make it to the NFC Championship game against the previously mentioned San Francisco 49ers. However, we'll lose out from there. You've got to love Aaron Rodgers. You've got to love Eddie Lacy. So many targets for him to throw to. Finally getting a healthy clay, Matthews back. B.J. Raji rounding off a very good defensive line. Packers are too tough to beat. Now you go over to the Chicago Bears, a team that, you know, I will say I like a lot, but I don't believe in Jay Cutler. Never have, never will. And as far as the Lions are concerned, they have all the talent in the world, but year in and year out, they can't put it together. It's going to be Pack, Vikings, Bears, Lions.
1: Well, we we have about 10 seconds left before we close out the show. So we come to a point where – we gave our rundown, and all these things are subject to change because it's just early. A game hasn't even been played, but. now, watch it down. Put good, it in the books. And <laughs> the sake of good uh, gamesmanship, give me your two teams, represented for the NFC and the AFC and the Super Bowl. And these are subject to change depending on injury. I'll let you go nope.
4: first.
2: No, these are not subject to change. This is a guaranteed take it to Vegas right now. 49ers, Broncos in the Super Bowl. Denver wins.
1: 34 to 24. Well, I'm going to go in a different direction. Like I said, the subject to change. I'm going to go Packers and Pats and the Super Bowl. So, yeah, Packers and Pats. Hey, listen, we don't have to agree. It wouldn't it would be a great show if we did agree, but thank you for well, doing that. Well, if we, we agreed, then we would
2: both be right, Nick.
1: Well, we don't have to. I don't want to be <laughs> right with you all the time, Mario. It wouldn't be good for the show. Don't you want to be right sometimes? <laughs> well, well, you know what? I, well, like, like some lawyers say, even when I'm wrong, I'm right. So once again, I want to thank my three amigos here for making sure everything worked great on this side. So I to thank the people of Phoenix for making sure things go great on the audio-visual side. Also, I want to thank the church Scientology for allowing me to use and record in their space here at the Garden Pavilion. That's Mario Batanzo. You can find him at Mile High Mario. I am your host, Nick Ferguson. You can find me at Nick Ferguson underscore 25. Don't forget that Nick Ferguson show. they on YouTube, Secondary Perspective. Check out the videos. Share, subscribe, follow. You know what to do. Have a great weekend, and we out.
0: Thanks again for stopping by. Be sure to catch Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. in the West on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll share some more great stories next week.